advantage of the day. Okay. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. Yeah. Playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Hello, Chiefs Kingdom. This Defending the Kingdom, we get a game to talk about. We're going to play a game. Mitch Holtis with you, voice of the Chiefs, along with the man we know as the shop, the barber, the barber shop, the Spider-Man, 10-year NFL veteran, Sean Barber, community leader, ambassador. He's got his championship ring, but he's not satisfied. He's ready to play ball. And by the way, I love those headphones. I'm not sure where mine are, by the way. Uh, Our show brought to you by Bose Headphones 700. They are phenomenal. Uh, When you look at uh, what they have and been great for us all summer long, but you got the Bose Headphones 700 on, uh, check them out uh, at the Bose website. Okay, here we are, shop. Time to play ball. 60 days ago, 90 days ago, we were doing these Defending the Kingdom podcasts. I didn't know if we'd be playing football. We're playing football. And the Chiefs opened the curtain on the next 100 years of the National Football League. Cannot believe it's finally here. Uh, I feel like I've been waiting this, for this day all year long, been waiting for this day, for there to be a game, a football, actual football being played, NFL football. It's so exciting. After everything, 2020s, we went through hurricanes, pandemics, school closings, cancellations, uh, uh, virtual this, virtual that, and now we actually get to play some pig iron old schools, uh, punch in the mouth football with our Kansas City Chiefs being crowned as the champions the champions of the NFL. Let's talk about what it means, though, to open the curtain on the entire NFL season. The champions get to do it, right? They draft last in the first round, but they always get to host that first Thursday night game. So the world's going to be watching here because of the pandemic. Like, how's Kansas City doing this, allowing 16,000 fans? The nation obviously will be watching. But how big a deal is this for the Chiefs Kingdom and the city of Kansas City to be on this big a stage this soon? I'm going to pre-call that this is the most watched football game in NFL history. I'm going to pre-call it because there's so many people so excited, itching at the bit just to get a little bit of that America's game back in it. Um, And and the fact that we get to present it Kansas City style, uh, the the billowing barbecue, the uh, uh, tailgating, um, 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 gates, um, JC's barbecue, uh, Q39, all these great uh, barbecue places in Kansas City. We get to showcase how much we love our Kansas City team, our organization, our area. It's on primetime TV. It's the only game to watch on Thursday night, and it can't, I can't wait, man. You see, I got I'm, I'm, I, I got my yardstick just so I can remember how much a yard is. I want to carry my yardstick with me. You know what that reminds me of? One of your brethren uh, and a guy that I love, Willie Lanier, and that one yard. It was first and goal for the Jets at the one in that 69 divisional playoff win. He goes, you know how Willie talked? Three feet, one yard. I saw heads bowed, about to make concessions. They weren't getting in. So Spags would love you holding that uh, yardstick because this Chiefs defense now got a big task because here come the Houston Texans, a team that feels like a division foe. We've played these guys six times in the last five seasons, twice in the playoffs, and here comes Deshaun Watson and these guys. And that yardstick, that three feet, one yard, last year it was fourth down and three feet, one yard, and they converted it on a pass uh, to DeAndre Hopkins no longer there. 
But that allowed them to run out the clock. They went for it uh, after the two-minute warning. It was crazy. But that team's got that kind of feistiness coming into town here Thursday night. Man, this one yard is what makes some coaches make bad decisions. I remember in the playoff game, fourth and one yard, and they go for a field goal instead of going for it. We turn the tide, and before you know it, we go from down 24 to up 20 to win the ball game. So um, we always know when it comes down to it, man, the Kansas City Chiefs, they bring the most exciting brand of football known to the NFL right now. And it's not just any team on, 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 on Thursday night. It's Patrick Mahomes-led offense, Honey Badger and Chris Jones and Frank Clark-led defense. It's a it's a reckoning. It's the, the the special teams. Coach Tobes and his special teams unit about to be unleashed. Everybody wants to know: Can we run it back? Can we go back to back? We have a chance to set the tone to put everybody on their heels. Not just the Houston Texans. Every team that thinks they're going to come challenge us for that AFC championship and go challenge us for a Super Bowl title in Tampa is going to be watching, trying to find out how to beat our team, the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's jump into this Chiefs offense a little bit. You and I have talked about it really for the last four months. But Andy Reid, his creativity, how do you run it back? You've got to stay fresh. You've got to reboot it, even though you got returning players. And yet you've got some new players that you mentioned Clyde Edwards-Alera, Edwards the guy that I'm really excited about, too, is Colecio Semele at left guard. If he's healthy, it's a game changer. You go, how can a left guard be a game changer? Just watch the dude and what allows Andy to, to run. But the imagination of Andy, we've seen it already. There's some new stuff the Chiefs will throw out there with some guys that people know and some that people don't. But it's just that imagination that keeps things fresh and then a quarterback that makes it fresh every snap. Yeah, some, some teams have to go out and acquire new personnel. They need a, a new set of skills, a new set of players in order to turn the chapter. But Coach Andy Reid can take the same guys, the same proven uh, uh, veterans, and turn the chapter to a whole new set of plays, a whole new philosophy of offense. It's so exciting. We want to know where is Kelsey going to be lined up this year? Sometimes at quarterback, sometimes at running back. Sometimes he throws the ball. Sometimes he hands it off. Uh, catches screens, catches seams, catches out and ups. He might be one of the most versatile players in the NFL if you watch where he lines up at throughout the season. So just wondering how defenses are going to adjust to where Kelsey is going to align is what I'm so excited about when, when you talk about our offense. And don't sleep on some of these other dudes. D-Rob, Demarcus Robinson, uh, Darwin Thompson, Daryl Williams is back, and he brings that 225 of some power coming at you. He's the big brother for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. This is also about guys that are kind of returning like, oh, yeah, he's back from an injury. Or, yeah, he could be going into a second year. There's, that's also a way that this team kind of keeps it fresh and keeps it – they just keep their skills honed. There is no feeling of like, let's just set back. Yeah, Coach Andy Heck does a great job with that offensive line. The more we don't mention them, the better they are. Every offensive line talks about that. They don't want to be talked about in the paper. They don't want to be talked about any highlight reels. They know they're doing their job. Because the only time you mention offensive alignment is when they get beat on a stunt, beat for a sack, or uh, miss a block when it comes to a run. So the less we hear about them and the more the highlight, the spotlight gets put on our skill players, that means they're doing their job and they've been doing it at a high level. All right. Now let's focus in on this offense against this Texan defense. And there's some unknown here. Romeo Cornell is still on the staff. We know him, the former coach of the Chiefs been defensive coordinator for the Texans for a long time. He's now associate head coach. Anthony Weaver, former player uh, in the National Football League, much like yourself, 
He kind of cut his teeth on Rex Ryan aggressiveness. He is now the defensive coordinator with no preseason. They're not going to show tricks in the preseason. But, Shop, you know this. They show you a template. They give you an idea of, like, here's our basic framework of how we're going to do this. Chiefs didn't see that from Houston. And even though this is a familiar opponent, this could be an unfamiliar defensive approach with a new defensive coordinator in Texan land. Yeah, and the one thing you would worry about when a defensive coordinator is new to the league is that there is no track record. There's no there's no third and this amount of distance he always blitzes or uh, he plays cover zone and he, his red zone defense is always a quarter coverage or he he man matches match zones. You, you have you have no resume to go back to. But what you know about Anthony, like you said, you know he has an aggressive uh, uh, history. He comes under the tutelage of a lot of of uh, the more aggressive signal callers. And so when in doubt, you can uh, uh, almost anticipate there's going to be a lot of pressure trying to get Pat Mahomes a little bit uncomfortable because the worst thing you can do in week one is allow Pat to get in his groove early in the game because then it's over. So they're going to try to pretty much try to put it in the offense's hand and try to keep that defense off the field. But when the defense comes on, they got to be aggressive because they got to either stop us, make us punt, or go for it, Pat, Come after us, let the offense score, and either way, they get the ball back to their own offense, their own weapon, um, which is uh, Deshaun Watson, who is one of the bright spots in the NFL. We're going to get to him in a second. Let's go back now, though. One of the things Andy Reid talked about with Patrick Mahomes is being able to recognize coverages in a nanosecond, being recognized the defense in a nanosecond. So Pat comes into this game a little bit blind. We don't know what Anthony Weaver is going to do. We know there's a lot of familiar players but just with Mahomes, it feels like he's come a long way since he entered the league in going, this coverage, this is what they're showing me. And even we've seen this, and you guys would do it when you were playing defense, Sean, is that I'm going to show you the pre-snap look, but when once the ball is snapped, all of a sudden now you get this. But it seems like Pat is better suited to see those quick coverages or recognize it and know what to do as a countermeasure. Man, you got to think about it. Now it's a new defense, a new coordinator. But the personnel, Zach Cunningham is still the linebacker. Some of the safeties are the still safeties. So uh, their tendencies is what Pat has been picked up on. He's been able to know, hey, as a linebacker, he, 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 he gets a little shallow on certain blitzes, on certain pressure coverages. He wants to hug his man. He gets a little bit too wide, gets out of his gap when his man coverage. In zone, he stays nice and deep. He eyes the quarterback in zone. He watches his man. So those tendencies to stay the same. It doesn't matter who the coordinator is, the players. He still picks up on tendencies from the players, and that's going to give away just as much um, about the uh, defense it is um, not knowing or, or, or wondering or wor worrying about who the coordinator is. Yeah, this overview of this defense, too, um, we don't know about J.J. Watt. He's just got to stay healthy. He's had some serious injuries. But when he's healthy, he can wreck your game plan. But they got Omenahu. They got some young guys. Ross Blacklock's a rookie at a TCU that's a really good player. Uh, when you look at their linebackers, Whitney Merciless still there. Uh, you look at Bernardrick McKinney still there. Cunningham's a good coverage guy out of the backfield. And then their secondaries is loaded with first-round draft picks. Garyon Conley's there. Bradley Roby's there. You can go down the line and a couple of ex-Chiefs. Philip Gaines are in that secondary along with Eric Murray at safety. But this is a defense that I think can run. I think there's some quickness to them. Plus, they got younger on their defensive front. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah, like you said, they're going to hang their hat on J.J. Watt in a back. Um, the, 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 they're, they're a little bit vulnerable in the back end. I think that's where you got to attack them. And for our offense, 
That's where you don't want to be vulnerable. You, you don't want to come up with a, a, a green secondary against as many offenses, weapons as we can put out on the field. So the linebackers going to make have to, have to make an impact. And when I say linebackers have to make an impact, it's, it's, a, it's a technique called green dog. When you're in man coverage and that running back blocks and you got to come to make sure you add on to the blitz to try to make Pat as uncomfortable as possible. So I, was, I would think there's a lot of green dogs going to go on, a lot of uh, using the linebackers to try to spy Pat, um, give him one Mississippi, two Mississippi, and then they're going to try to add to the blitz, try to find an open run game, uh, open gap to put some, um, um, you know, get Pat a little bit off his game early. But what, but what, what we got to feel is that this team really doesn't match up well against the Kansas City Chiefs. They don't have anybody that can cover Kelsey. They don't have the speed down the field to be able to run with Tyreek Hill or with McCole Hartman. And they aren't physical enough to man up and go one-on-one with Sammy Watkins. Um, so it, it's going to be a, a, a dink and dunk, choose our weapons, wherever we want to go to the ball. It's just a matter of catching the ball, holding on to it. Because the one thing they can do is they can, they can be physical at, at the point of attack. They can be physical once you have the ball in your hands. And what Cunningham, McKinney, um, what those those linebackers can do is they can chase the ball, like you said, sideline to sideline, and put a put a put a good hitting on running backs and wide receivers um, in that middle territory. You lead me now to my next point. We're going to flip it to the other side of the ball, but before we do that, a reminder that defending the kingdom is brought to you by these Bose headphones, seven hundred. Shop's got his on. They're so good, you can have them on. You don't even know you have them on. Wait a minute, I don't have them on. <laughs> but eleven different levels of noise uh, cancellation with the Bose headphones 700. Uh, check them out at Bose.com. They're phenomenal. They've been great for you and me over with, through this summer months, getting ready for the season, which starts Thursday night against the Houston Texans. All right. Now, you led to it. It goes back to your yardstick here, and that is commanding that yard between the line of scrimmage, right? Right there between the offensive line and the defensive line. Let's go back to October. They did pressure Pat Mahomes. But the Chiefs had a 17-3 to lead in that game. It was just a flip-flop of the uh, uh, playoff game because they outscored the Chiefs 20 to nothing. the Texans did, in that game in October. It was only one of three times in, what, 19 games the Chiefs were outscored at all in the second quarter. But they got physical on defense. They were able to – Omanahu gets a big sack on Pat, knocks it out, touchdown, Texans, they take the lead. But on the other side, shot, the Houston Texans in that October game ran 80 three plays. The Chiefs ran 47. That's you punching me twice, but I only get one punch. What about winning the line of scrimmage and trying to figure out a way to get Deshaun Watson and his teammates off the field? Man, the defense was, uh, it was still coming together. We were still kind of feeling ourselves. Everybody was trying to figure out how they're going to fit in Coach Spag's defense. So our, our, our run integrity, our gap integrity was something to be um, a little bit, we wanted a little bit more effort, a little bit more desire, a little bit more physicality when it came to the point of attack against the run game. Um, and in that first in that, that game against the Texans, they exploited that. Um, they came back and um, they ran the ball downhill. They, 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 they controlled the, the uh, time of possession. As you mentioned, they ran twice the amount of plays as our offense did. Um, and they capitalized off just possessing the ball at such a great uh, – for so long. Just to come out with a, with, a, with, a, with a slight victory with that many more plays shows you uh, what needs to be done to try to beat the Chiefs. Unfortunately, losing D-Hop, he was a big part of that. D-Hop was a big part of that. We had to uh, – he demanded so much attention and resources. That allowed the running game – um, to get out on the edges and some creases in the middle. Without D-Hop being such an integral part of their, 
their offense or a personality or a receiver that you have to devote so much time and attention and so many eyes on that guy. Um, it allows you to play kind of like we saw in the second half of the season. Everybody playing their part, knowing your gap, being gap sound, uh, pursuing to the ball, and then playing with the kind of physicality that Frank Clark and, 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 um, and Jones talked about at the end of the season. No one's going to come here to Kansas City and run the ball like you saw Houston do earlier last season. It's going to be more like what you saw against Tennessee Titans. Texans trade DeAndre Hopkins, as you mentioned, Arizona, probably the most talked about trade of the all off season in the NFL. But D-Hop, interesting, when I back and looked at it, 33 times, 33 of his catches shop were on third down. Mm-hmm. Only Michael Thomas of the New Orleans Saints had more. So where now does Deshaun go with the football on third down? Going back to that October game, your yardstick, there was a fourth and one that they converted, did the Texans. They converted a fourth down when they were down 17 to nine in the second quarter. They get a touchdown to get within one. Where did they go on fourth down for those conversions? DeAndre Hopkins. So the Texans now have to find another place to go. And Deshaun, that was his go-to guy. Now, I'm also going to mention names people don't know about unless they're a fan of a certain college team. Let's see. Seth Tuttle, Haley Langstrat, um, going down the line here, Wayne Whips. Who are those people? They're all Northern Iowa fans. They love the Northern Iowa Panthers, and Seth Tuttle is one of the greatest players of all time in basketball. They're all Chiefs fans. But they also remember when David Johnson was in his prime with the Arizona Cardinals in 2016. He led the NFL in touches. He led. He had 80 catches out of the backfield, and he had 2,115 yards. So shop is one of the ways that maybe Deshaun Watson is looking to replace D-Hop is get David Johnson the ball or Duke Johnson, another running back that they've got that has posed problems for the Chiefs out of the backfield in doing what you made a living doing, and that is covering backs out of the backfield as a linebacker. You would think the Texans, they like the Johnson name as much as we like the Williams when you talk about running backs. (laughs) If your last name, your first name is a D and your last name is Johnson, you're going to the Texans. Um, um, Duke and David, both of the Johnsons are really weapons out of the backfield. You got to give it to them, take the hats off. They excel um, um, in that in that in that middle of the area, running arrow routes and, and seam routes. They have great hands. Um, they do a, a good job with the screen game, also. But the good thing about seeing Andy's offense all uh, you know training camp long is we we go against a a a team full of great running backs and the great receivers, and so. Well, we have we have a we have a linebacker we just drafted, uh, Willie Gay Jr. He's a guy that, like I told you during the draft period, he's a guy that can run with anybody. He can run with anybody. It doesn't matter what the forty speed is. He has great closing speed. He has great coverability. Um, he has a great awareness when it comes to the pass coverage. And Ben Neiman. Ben Neiman is maybe one of the most instinctful linebackers I've ever been around. And even though he went undrafted, um, what you notice about him is you know he's the son of a football guy. You know he has he, he has football in his blood. Even sometimes where he's not coached to do it, he has a certain feel of where he belongs in a certain defense. He, has, he always ends up with the right leverage, just just the nick of time to get there and knock, knock that ball down. Um, and with his strength and size and his quickness, um, I think the both of those two guys will definitely do this defense um, um, a hell of a job when it comes to guarding the Houston Texans um, with David Johnson. Not to take anything away from David Johnson. he's a He's been an all-pro uh, multiple times. He, he You know, when he was in Arizona – but this ain't those days anymore. Um, he has to showcase and show somebody he deserves that respect uh, because he hasn't been that form in a few years. Yeah, they've got some. They got some weapons on his team, and they got a lot of speed. They get picked up Cooks. 
you look at what they did. They picked up Carr. They picked up some dudes that can run 4-3. They have Will Fuller the fifth. So they got some guys that can go. It's just who replaces that DeAndre Hopkins role, which is enormous for them. Okay. We always leave special teams to the end like it's the scraps. Not on this Chiefs team. I think, I think, and you know these guys as ambassadors, this is the best core of special teams players the Chiefs have had since the Marty Schottenheimer kind of mid to late 90s days. The Minuskis, the Dana Hughes, the guys that made a living playing special teams. Look at this team. You got Pringle, who can be a four-core dude, really good. You mentioned Neiman. He's there. Uh, they get Antonio Hamilton from the Giants. That's his job. I mean, that's what he does. That's how he's made his living. Um, you go right down the line. Sherman Sausage is still there. Dorian O'Daniel. Marcus Kemp. These are all guys that could become all by themselves the linchpin of a special teams group like Matthew Slater of New England. Now you've got a room, rooms full of these guys. I'm really excited about this special teams uh, approach from Kansas City. I think they're going to win games with it. I think they're going to dominate games with it. Yeah, you talked about Matthew Slater, and uh, I remember a guy, Izzo. Izzo was also a phenomenal special teams guy. Um, when you got six guys on your roster who you know are basically 98% focused on being dominant special teams player, they have a role they can fill in if needed. They, they're, no, they're one play away. But they realize the, way, the reason and the path that they got to this 53-man roster was through Dave Toad. He stood up on the table. He battled for him. He pounded the table and says, those are my guys. Those are four core special teams guys. And they will make sure that our special teams ends up being a dominant force and a, and a plus towards uh, us having being a victorious rather than being a negative. Some teams do not have the depth to allow to have that many core special teams guys. And they're hoping that their fourth wide out can be a gunner. They're hoping their uh, fourth corner can find a way to be um, uh, a vice guy uh, to lock people down or to cover punts. And so those are those are guys going to be um, um, relied on for other teams to play snaps and also play um, um, special teams. We'll take advantage of that. Our core, those six guys you named, they're not going to only excel during special teams. But I, what I know is when you're really good at special teams, you start picking out the starters playing special teams, and those are the guys you make work extra hard on every special team snap because it takes a little bit out of their tank. It takes a little bit out of their tank as the four quarters go on. And when you get to the fourth quarter, that starter who also dibbles and dabbles in special teams because Doreen O'Daniel, right? Because uh, um, Marcus Kemp, because our core special teams guy have been vicing, double teaming and make him work the entire snap. That guy's going to have a little bit less energy and might miss one play in the fourth quarter. There's a difference in the ball game. And do not forget, the great comeback against these guys in the playoffs was keyed by a McCole Hardman 58-yard return, was keyed by Dirty Dan Sorensen sniffing out the fake punt, was keyed by Alex Brandon, Dirty Dan Sorensen, hitting the kick returner, ball flies in the air. Those, that's like 21 points worth of plays right there, and that all came from special teams. And I love this group because I think they're going to do that same thing. Here we go, shop. You got your Bose 700 headphones on. You're ready for the season. Go to Bose.com. Uh, and I'm going to do this, too. I'm going to remind everybody, you gave me this one. But uh, to wash your hands, watch your distance, and wear your mask. And that's what the Chiefs are doing every day because we're going to do this shop. We're going to do it all year long. We're going to run this back. Yeah, man. We talk about this yellow stick. It's almost like a spear, man. And we talk about special teams being the tip of the spear. 
the tip of the spear. When you're talking about piercing a team's armor so you can show them, show the underbelly of that beast, it always starts with special teams. Special teams is when a team, when things are going bad and they're ready to turn it in, a big kickoff return, getting them inside, uh, um, a coffin kick inside the 10-yard line, uh, uh, nailing a 55, 60-yard field goal uh, when, they, when they think the defense has, has held you out and going to escape point free. Those type plays is what takes the momentum, and it starts going fast. And when you get that momentum going in all three phases, especially against this team with the Kansas City Chiefs, the way we can put up points, 24 and a quarter against the Texans in the playoff, come on, man, we can't wait. He's the shop. He's the barber shop. He's the spider. He's the Spider-Man. And by the way, Butker's going to hit from 60 this year and set the all-time Chiefs record. Just get ready for that. The Chiefs get to open the curtain as they open it up to the world. On Thursday night, Chiefs against the Houston Texans. For Barbershop, I'm Mitch Holter's voice of the Chiefs. Just getting started, only my 27th year of doing this. But let's go, Chiefs Kingdom. We're playing ball. Let's run it back.